and away they go. Wicklow Brave is tanking along for Paul Town in the coming there very strongly now. And Wicklow Brave sweep past the whole field in the county. Hello and welcome along to the At Longshot Value podcast brought to you by Liam Lenehan and Aidan O'Hara from At Longshot Value on Twitter. Welcome along, Aidan. Thanks, Liam. Glad to be back. Great to be back previewing this year's um, Cheltenham Festival coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Um, on today's show, we're going to have a look at previewing day one and day two. A lot of excitement this year, though, Aidan, when you're getting to go back over after... A, I suppose it was a year break, for first year in a long time you'd missed because of COVID. Yeah, it was. And I mean, I enjoyed watching it, but no matter what, the, the buzz on the day, back in Hearts in the ring, you know, it just adds so much to it. You know, I've caught it in Ireland every half hour before. That's sort of what it's like for four days. And I did miss it, even though, you know, it was still the actual races were enjoyable to watch, all that kind of thing. But really, I want to be there. And did you find that it altered the way you betted when you weren't at the track compared to watching it on TV? Yes. Um, when I was on, watching it on TV, I probably backed more horses and stuff because I had more time. Do you know? I, I mean, you have more time to look at it. When you're there, you tend to work on it in the morning, back your horses. You might do a lucky 15, which is like a four horse thing. And then you know you'll have your horses picked for today you will not have time to do any study and once you get there that's it you'll have a look at the prices and if something stands out you might change your mind that kind of thing but when you're sitting at home watching it on the telly and the race lasts four minutes and there's a half hour to the next race you know you have way more time to look at it i mean i'm not sure whether it was we had a very big winner last year but you know that was picked in the morning anyway i'm not sure it really made any difference but you did. You had more time watching on the TV, but I wouldn't be swapping it anyway, one way or the other. Yeah, no, great. I see the crowds back out as well. I think it'll add to the the whole atmosphere. Um, we do have a, a lot of tweets to have coming because you have put it out on Twitter that you were going to be doing the podcast this week. So we've got a lot of questions, which we we will get to in a little bit. Um, but first up, we're going to go ahead and have a look at previewing day one. Okay, first up on day one, Aidan, we have the Supreme Novices Hurdle. Who are you fancying in that one? Well, this is possibly the best Supreme Novice Hurdle there's been for the last maybe decade. You know, it's an excellent race. There's five or six really good chances. It's it's like the old days. It's England versus Ireland. Two good, two top English horses, two top Irish horses. Um, I'm... Probably, got, I, I don't think there's much chance of a long shot in this. But it's going to be between maybe five horses, top five in the betting. I kind of fancy the least fancied of John Bond, who was an, the original biggest, we'll say, talking horse before the other ones like Sir Gerard, Constitution Hill, all came out and Dicer Dynamo. But uh, there's just something about his run style. I think he's going to be suited by this. And I think on the day his price will be the biggest of them and he, he could be a decent bit of value but it's a good start to the meeting it's old style England versus Ireland seem to have even chances the favourite is probably going to be Sir Gerhard he, he looks very strong but um, Constitution Hill John Bond for the UK Dicer Dynamo for Ireland as well and maybe Kilcrush all 
could be fairly close together. I just some for some reason, be it the look of the way he was running, I like John Bon in this. I, you couldn't put up a bet now. You want to wait until the day. I have a sneaky feeling he's going to go off six or seven to one, and that would be my bet then. Well, we thank you, Aidan. Next up, we got the Arkell. Think that's going to be a, a tough race. Well, it's it's like the Supreme in that it's very competitive. It's unlike the Supreme in that it isn't the best one of the decade. There's no outstanding horses, but there is five, six horses, very similar level. Um, again, it's, it's again it's sort of England versus Ireland. Again, this Edward Stone is the favourite. He's English, very solid, um, but not your typical Arkell winner. It's the start of race. On the day we'll have a look at, I, I'll be looking at one of the outsiders in this, possibly St. Sam, Hotan Kalur, whichever of those, it gets to a bigger price on the day. With these young horses, they often don't really know which one is the best. So, I mean, the bookies' prices at Jordan Cheltenham don't mean a lot. So if one of those goes to a decent price, 10 or 11 to 1, that'll be what I'll be chancing on the day. It's, it's a very exciting race. And those two races together really add up to a great start to the festival. But I'm unlikely to go with the top three in the betting. I I don't really. They're too short. I think one of the less exposed ones would maybe go past them. And you're thinking, in in the ultimate open, the next race, you're thinking Frodon could be hard to beat. Yeah, a lot of these handicaps. I think that the class horses are just even with more weight. Now Frodon will be racing. Okay, he's given weight away to a lot of the horses. But he's going to be racing with the weight that he normally races off. Okay, all the other horses won't have that. But I just feel a lot of it is about pace. He's got grade one pace. He goes from the front. I think it's going to be difficult for handicappers, no matter how much weight they're getting, to um, to keep to his pace. Now, there's other ones similar to him in the race. He's lost in translation as well. He's getting a fair bit of weight from Frodan. But just with the run style especially if it's half decent ground. I mean, Frodan is a somewhat, you wouldn't be sure he'd stay, but I think handicappers, even in receipt of a stone, are going to struggle to go to pace. He can go for a whole race. So to me, he looks the value. I mean, he's about 14 to one. It's it probably you'd back and win only not each way because <clears throat> either he goes from the front and he stays in front and nothing catches him. Or if he gets caught, he's likely to get caught by a few. So that's a win-only bet for me. I, I think he's an excellent chance of going from the front and staying there. He definitely has a class edge. And often in these handicaps, there's not enough of a difference in weight between top handicappers and proper grade one chasers. So for me, Frodon is value. And, you know, Bryony Fars will be riding him. She gets on well with him. She'll be going the right pace around the course and stuff like that. He could be very hard to catch. And... Champion hurdle race in is probably the biggest race on, on, on day one. What are you excited about here? <clears throat> well, I mean, everyone is hoping Honey Soccer will win, I'd say. Do you know, I mean, she's unbeaten. She won really well last year. I don't think she was that impressive in Ireland the last time. And to me, I mean, she's certainly not value. She's too short. But, I mean, everyone there, we'll, I'll still be kind of hoping she wins. It's very hard to pick other horses than this. The, the price is near enough right. But for some reason, I'm drawn to um, San Roy for Willie Mullins in this. If he goes there, I think I think he's not without a chance of finishing. I, I've backed him in the without Honeysuckle race where, you know, you, 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 if you finish the second Honeysuckle, you get he's 14, 16 to one in that. I kind of like that. 
I mean, the race has got tougher since I actually backed that because Appreciated, who hasn't run yet, his second favourite, is another Willie Mullins horse. But I think if San Ra goes for this race, he's possibly in decent form at home. And I don't think there's a lot between the likes of him and Tuhipu, who is say, 8 to 1. San Ra is 33 to 1. He might be 40 to 1 on the day. That'll be what I'll be backing in. But we'll all be, you know, it's it's a race you'd be looking forward to seeing. And, you know, the crowd will be buzzing for a honeysuckle to stay unbeaten. And after obviously the champion hurdle, we have the the uh, the, <clears throat> the mayors, uh, mayors hurdle. Um, you've burning victory in mind for this one. Yeah, I put her up on Twitter there a month or two ago at twelve to one. She's say seven six to one now. Um, I just think she has. I think this is not as good a mayors hurdle as there has been in other years. I think she has a class edge. I mean, she's she's almost won a Cesarovich of top weight on the flat, which is a really high class. And her hurdle jumping in the last two races has been much better than it's been before. If she can transmit her flat form, which is excellent, <clears throat> to this race, I think she's got a significant class edge over anything else. And, you know, I, I probably think she should be favourite. So the 12 to 1 we ran already, you know, that looks great value, even though not everyone else thinks it because she's not favourite. But the 7 or 8 to 1, I see there's 8 to 1 in my place. To me, that looks value. I think she's going to go very close here. And she's certainly the value in the race and one of the earliest ones I picked out. And two more races to go then on day one. Second last race um, is the Boodles. Um, who are you fancying? The Boodles was the race we had our, well, our biggest winner ever at Cheltenham last year. I, I think you know it's not going to be that was a relatively easy relatively confident pick as well but i don't think it's not as straightforward this year i'm going to end up i'd say going with a horse i i had a look at a cheltenham a few runs ago now how to pronounce this sant ricour or something like that you know he, he his trainer i like he's got a very low weight here he was actually second to you know, the third or fourth in the betting for the Triumph, which is the grade one version. This this is a handicap. He's off a mark of 120. He's on the edge of getting in or not getting in. He was second tonight salute, only by two and a half lengths at this course in November. And I saw that race and I thought that day that that's a reasonable performance. He's run twice on soft ground since. I'd say he's just a lot better on good ground. And... He's very, if he gets in, which is going to be close, he should get, I think he'd probably get in near the bottom. I think he's got it. I think if the ground is decent, he certainly got it on the night salute form. He certainly got a decent chance. And you're looking at a 66 to one shot there on the day. You're going to get six places in this. And I, the way he finished in November, I'd be happy to back him 66 to one, uh, five, six places. And I think we'll get that maybe even bigger. The hope is that he gets into the race. It's going to be tight. You know, they're only going to have <clears throat> 24 runners, I think. So, you know, it's going to be close. But if he gets in, he's the one I'll be picking anyway. And final race of the day on day one, the National Hult um, Challenge Cup Novices Chase. Last day, last day, you're trying to lump on to catch up for, for earlier losses in day one. If you're behind or you just kind of... Stay to the oh plan. God, Stick well, to I'm, the plan. I gotta admit, I hope I'm not depending on that race. Um, I'm not sure what kind of a record I have in it. I, I I've picked a few a few years ago, but it tends to be won by favourites, and because it's it's not a handicap, 
and uh, it's 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 three miles six four it's a long race there's a lot of horses in this that have absolutely no chance but i like one now and i'm, I'm sort of following ruby here ruby <laughs> ruby Walsh has been going on about on the ropes you know for the last few months the favorite is statler another willie mullins horse <clears throat> but on the ropes is the type of horse that normally wins this he's high rated He's definitely going to stay at a very eye-catching run the last day in Gorn in the Tiestes, which is a very, which is a really good race where he kind of got left at the start. He made a mistake early and he passed an awful lot of horses to finish fourth. I thought that that run screened looking for a longer trip. I think he's going to be sued by the race and I think he's the value. At the moment, he's kind of 12, 14 to 1. I'll be backing him to win, depending on what price he gets on the day. If he's a big price, we might go each way, but I, I don't think he, I think he'll be 14 to 1, that kind of thing. And I think he's the value. I, there's, I'm not sure there's much difference in him and the likes of Run Royal Fred right at the top of the betting. So he's my pick in that one. Lovely. Thank you, Aidan. That, and that's all the race we're looking at for day one. Coming up next, we'll have a look at day two. First up on day two, we have the, um, the Ballymore Novices Hurdle. Um, you're thinking Sergio Har for that one, Aidan, are you? Now, that race, um, it's another good race. It's nowhere near the quality of the Supreme um, on the first day. It's a similar race over slightly further. I mean, it's hard to tell whether Sir Gerhard will go or not first. He, he possibly going to go the first day. The, the, the top two are Sir Gerhard, Dyser, Diner, both Willie Mullins. It's conceivable that both will go for the same race on the first day. So I think this race is ripe for something at a big price getting involved. Now, unfortunately, I don't, I haven't got it yet, you know, because it's very difficult to know who's running that kind of thing. I think on the day, that's one that's going to be worth a watch. I'm going to be looking at the, which I've done in the past, the third and fourth <clears throat> pick Willie Mullins horses. And I'm going to have a look. There is one I do fancy. I'm not sure he's going to go for it, but he's a massive price, non-runner, no bet. I like a horse for the Martin Pipe called Adamantly Chosen. Martin Pipe is a similar race. It's a handicap though, same distance. But if he was to run here, he's currently 200 to 1, 200 to 1, right? Now, I've seen him run. I don't have watch a lot of Irish racing, but I happened to see his run the last time, and I was very impressed. If, for some reason, he shows up here, there's no chance he's a 200 to 1 shot. So this is one of those times when you have to take advantage of the non-runner no bet. If he doesn't run, you're going to get your money back. I'm probably going to be picking him for the um, Martin Pipe on the last day anyway. But if he does run a Willie Mullins, say something happens, one of the other Willie Mullins horses or two of them, or the ground is different, and he decides to run adamantly chosen here, there's absolutely no chance he's a 200 to 1 shot. 200 to 1 is far too big. It's also with the best bookie in Bet365. I'd have no hesitation at all in advising. You know, you just you have to back that at 200 to 1, just in case he turns up. Like that's, I mean, I know he's probably not going to be going, but that's about as good value as you're going to get. Money back if he doesn't go. He's at 25 to 1 shot if he does go. So that's excellent value. Lovely. Thank you, Aidan. And up next, we're looking at the, the Carl Cup um, third race of the day. <clears throat> yeah. Now, the UK handicapper 
has been very lenient this year, probably trying to level the playing field a bit from last year when there's probably won too many races, even all the handicaps. I think I've seen a single owner maybe and some of the good trainers classy horses that are have, after having three or four runs they're after going down up to a stone you know they could be difficult for handicappers to beat my pick in this and one of my picks of the festival really is um call me lord i mean he, he's a classy horse he's only nine um he's come down half a stone he was he was made more than a stone higher before and running really well he's a really consistent horse and he's actually run well the last twice i've seen him the last time he didn't stay the three miles this is his ideal trip he's up against handicappers i really fancy this one this will be one of my best of the festival at the moment this call me lord on the day i mean I, i've actually put him up anti post at 33 to one each way with like five places that's an excellent bet um on the day we might get six places he i mean i'm sure i think he'll be shorter but anything like six six places but anything like 25 to one on this is a very very good bet this is this is his quality he's a proper say grade two horse running in a handicap not off top weight <clears throat> i think he's an excellent chance and he'd be one of my more confident bets of the week there's another one a very similar one i like as well called dan levant who's the same rating looks a quality horse very very likely to get placed like extremely likely to get placed we'd probably end up going for both of those on the day that's two uk horses because i think the uk horses are better handicapped um but in particular the double green as i call them which is uh, you know simon Munich. i think they have a few horses they're very similar prep this year where they've all come down decent in weights they're all grade two good quality horses and i'm ha having great difficulty in in, in thinking the economy ward is not going to be involved in the finish i think he is going to be involved in the finish and a 33 to 1 is a huge price yep we'll be putting a few pounds on that one myself I like the odds there um the queen mother champion chase one of the highlights of day two who, who are you looking at for that one in well <clears throat> this is a race essentially to watch i mean um i'm trying to find the race on my screen now it's it's more race to watch. I mean, it's it's going to be probably the best race of the festival. It's Siskin versus Energamine and Shakan Persua. Um, the Siskin Energamine race earlier on this year, one of the best races of the last 10 years. Really nothing. In okay, so Siskin looks the stronger of the two. He seems a better stayer. This is a shorter race than the race that he won the last time. Energamine is going to be suited by the tight course. And Shakan Persaud possibly come back to farm. He's an older horse. He didn't run well at Cheltenham last year, but it's a great race to watch. I did back something in it though. <clears throat> On Paddy Power and Betfair, they have um, a market without the top two in the betting. And it's an on or no bet. And put the kettle on is 10 to 1. Put the kettle on is last year's winner, beat Shakan Persaud. And essentially, in the race without the two superstars, I think put the kettle on, whose record around Cheltenham is, you know, it's sort of remarkable. 10 to 1 is a massive price. So you, you'll you be there. You can watch the main part of the race, Siskin and Nergamine. And, you know, you'd be hoping you'd be looking behind and see those put the kettle on, get past everything else up the hill, which he's done plenty of times in the past. 10 to 1 is far too big. So the bet is put the kettle on without the top two. It's bet fair, Paddy Power. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm going to wave the Irish flag and hope Nergamine beats Siskin in this, but <clears throat> it's going to be a great race to watch no matter what. 
Lovely things, Aiden. And the last race we're going to have a look at for, or sorry, we've got two more races to look at on, on day two, the cross country. Uh, Tiger Rose last, last race, but who are you going to look at for that one, Aiden? Well, I I mean, I'm hoping Tiger Rose will win. And I'll be the same as everybody else. I, I hope he wins. We, we actually picked him on the podcast, a kind of confident pick last year. We, we backed him early, <clears throat> and he was a good price. He's favourite now. On the day, I will be looking at a, a high price, something at a big price to get involved in the places, Alpha de Zobo, that kind of thing. There's a few there that I like, but it's going to be difficult to know at the moment. You're not 100% sure who's running, but we'll be all hoping Tiger Roll wins. I'll be looking at a Potter's Corner or Alpha de Zobo to get placed, hopefully at something like 33 to 1. We actually had Alpha de Zobo last year placed as well as Tiger Roll winning. So it was a good race for us. And in general, the cross country is probably over the years, <clears throat> it's our best race. It's a bit of a niche, you know, and not everyone, I'm not sure everyone realizes the, you know, how niche it is. So um, anyway, we'll be hoping Tiger Roll wins and we'll be looking for something at a big price on the day, depending on the way the market goes. And the last race that we're going to have a look at today is the, the grand annual chase um what's your tip in okay i i like one here at a really massive price I, i'm hopefully he's going to run um for pleasure is a novice he's been running against you know we spoke about the article the second race on day two the english favors in that he's run against him I, I mean he's been beaten by him but his mark here is 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 very low. I think he's got a great chance off his mark. Now he's a sort of horse. He's going to go off in front. There's not a doubt about that. Far pleasure is going to be leading. There is a question of whether he will go too quick, which he'll struggle to say. But if he gets the pace right, as he done on two of his last three runs, um, I think I think he could be hard. He's going to be hard to give weight to. You know, he's a young horse. He's up and coming. His farm is there with the top English novice two mile chasers who are among the favorites for the arca <clears throat> so i think it's going to be close the real race that i saw that got me very interested in it is that he fell at the last um upsides third time lucky when he was about 20 lengths ahead of do your job do your job has won a two mile handicap similar to this not as good a race but do your job who he was good 20 lengths ahead of has won a two mile handicap off a four pounds higher mark than what um for a pleasure is going to get to run off here that to me that's that screams <clears throat> a good mark and value so i'd say we'll be going for him and i'll be hoping i don't i'm not sure how many are going to pick him i'd say we're going to get a big price and five or six places again in that and we'll be hoping that he doesn't go too fast in front and you know i think they've got it right two of the last three times his last race he went too quick you know that's going to happen the course on the first two days, a tight course that suits front runners. So the race is going to be set up well for him. And I don't see a lot of stars in it. I'm very happy to back uh, for a pleasure in this at a big price. He's 33 to 1 at the moment, and I'm, I'm happy with that price. Well, okay, well, that brings us to the end of our tips for, for day two. Um, we have had a lot of questions come in on, on Twitter and at Longshot Value for, for you, Aidan. Um, First question in from at Campo Brown. Um, what's your strategy with each wave versus win only? I know you changed tack after some analysis. Interested on your thoughts and looking forward to the pod. Uh, thanks, Campo. Yeah, the, I, I did do some limited analysis. I'm not one for going back miles or anything like that. But I think I realised that I'm putting up too many each way horses at prices 
where if they're placed, I kind of won't care about the return. In other words, you know, maybe you'll double your money if he gets placed. I, I think maybe we're better off going possibly two horses win only rather than picking one horse and picking it each way. Just if you pick a 25 to one horse each way and you have a 10 or each way on it and, you know, he gets placed, okay, he gets 60 quid back. But I'm not sure how easy it is to pick three, you know, to keep to keep ahead doing that. I think it might break even. The better things are win only. I think without a doubt. Now I am I'm not able to resist if I see something at thirty three to one or bigger, and I think he's going to get placed. Those ones are going in each way. That's the change. I'm going to. There's going to be way less twenty to one, sixteen to one shots that are put up each way because I, I sort of don't. I'm I'm a small punter as I've said. I don't really see the point of the return. I don't mind losing the tenor, uh, you know. And if he's second, he's second. But I, it's it's just it's costing more to back the horses, and I don't think there's any need because the returns aren't enough. That's basically it. I mean, the lower price ones they're not going to be each way. Thanks, Aidan. Keep the tweets coming in at Campbell Brown. We also have a tweet in from at Cold Shane Shane Callahan. And what's best each way? Lucky fifteen or Yankee for the week? Okay, well we're going to go double green or Simon Munier all the way. I think. Um, well, in three of them, it's call me Lord. Um, if the cap fits and Jenica, those three odd classy horses. I'm going to talk about the other two in the next pod because they're all classy horses have come down too far in the weights. So those three are going to be in whatever Yankee lucky 15, you know, there is. Um, I'm not quite sure yet what else to put in it, possibly on the ropes, you know, throw it on maybe, but th- those three are going to be the basis of, and there already are the basis of a couple of lucky 15s or Yankees that I have. So, you know, I'm hoping that, <laughs> that, um, we see that double. They, they, it just, it's, it's, I'm always suspicious of things like this. And I'm, when you're picking horses at big price, you're looking for an edge, and I just thought I, I noticed that these three and he's a few more horses as well are all being campaigned similarly to get their weight down. I think good trainers will have realized early that the UK handicapper is, you know, he's really knocking down these horses to give them a chance in this. All three of them are now here in the races they should be in. Off weights they probably shouldn't have. And they're the those three each way are the basis of my lucky 15. So let's hope we see a bit of double, a bit of Simon Minier in the winning enclosure this year. If he is, uh, we, we'll have had a good year probably. Yeah, looking forward to that. See how that one plays off. Mm. Thanks for the tweet, Shane. Next tweet in from Jerry at Jerry Carr. Uh, Aidan, what's your process for a long shot pick? Um, I think it's probably, it, it would be slightly different at Cheltenham. Then elsewhere at Cheltenham, I know all the horses, so I'm looking at it a different way. I'm looking at I know the horse. I'm looking at the price. And I'm going, how can it be that price? Right. That's so. It's, it's slightly different at Cheltenham. I don't. I watch racing of a Saturday. I keep an eye on good races. I do not watch other races at all during the week. I, I mean, I don't. Not that I don't have interest, but it's it's just it's a weekend thing. It's a big race thing. So it's different at Cheltenham. You have more to look at. Uh, but in general, what I'm doing most weeks is I act, I just start, I pick the big handicaps and I look from the longest price one up. And all I, if, I mean, it's actually the simplest thing in the world, I think. All, all you're trying to do is look for a 33 to one shot and give them something like a 20%, a 20 to one chance of winning, which isn't that much. You're trying to find a reason why he shouldn't be the price he is. I mean, it's, it's actually the same for everyone, no matter what price. 
But I don't look at all the horses. I don't even look at the lower priced horses. I do in general, maybe all right. But in general, I own, I narrowed the field down to the five ones I think are big enough for me to be kind of bothered having a bet with. And I'm trying to find a reason, be it the ground is different this time, is a different jockey up, he has coarse farm. There's a reason he, a lot of these horses have obviously must have run poorly the last time, or they have some reason that they're a big price. And I'm trying to find the reason that that maybe isn't valid and is going to change this time. That's it. I mean, all you're looking for, it's not that difficult. If you, you look at a horse and he's 40 to 1, and you can find any reason at all that his last two runs, there's, you know, something happened this time. He ran into a horse. He got balked the last time. The ground was too too soft a time after that. And he's here now on kind of similar ground than he was on before. That, that's all you need. I mean, you know, that is going to make the difference in this thing being profitable. Now, okay, 40 to 1 shots with a 21, 25, 30, you know, 30, 1 in 30, 1 in 25 chance of winning can lead to very long you know, losing streaks, but that's just the way it is, picking long shots. But that's how it's done anyway. I don't, a lot of people, <clears throat> tipsters will tell you, they price up the whole race. I don't do any of that. I only look at the high-priced horses. Slightly different in Tottenham. You know, I'll have seen all the horses throughout the year. It's a totally different thing. I'd be mostly like other people. I still will only really be interested in the high-priced ones just because that was successful over the last, you know, 15 years or whatever. So it's it's less than you would think the process for a long shot pick. Thanks for the insight there, Aidan. And last tweet of the day from at Dolphin Crying. What do you think of Danny Mullins' 33 to 1 for top jockey? Yep, yeah, I don't mind it. Um, Danny's a great jockey. Um, Willie Mullins is, <clears throat> he has so many horses in a lot of races. He's well capable of some of his third. And, I mean, I'll be picking probably Danny Mullins plenty of times because I'd be I one of the things I'll do on the flat it'll be Aidan O'Brien and it'll be Willie Mullins or Nicky Anderson I'll be picking their second or third choice regularly I regularly do that because they tend to be all classy horses and often at home they don't know the difference between one and the other but it's not the worst bet it is going to be difficult Paul Townend is going to get to a certain figure anyway you know and <laughs> it's probably going to be difficult for anyone else to get up to that. He'll need he'll need five, six winners. But he's one of those with a chance. He's going to have a reasonable ride in a lot of races. So, you know, he's going to have a chance. I'll be hoping that uh, Daryl Jacob wins because if Daryl Jacob wins the leading jockey, that means uh, Simon Munir has had won some of them handicaps. And you've had a good <laughs> and week. And that will suit us, you know. <laughs> All right, thanks for the tweets. Keep them coming in at, at long shot value. Um... That brings us to the end of the podcast for the preview of day one and day two. We will be back early next week to pre- preview um, day three and day four, but we're definitely keen to get any more tweets into at Longshot Value, any questions you have or any suggestions what you thought based on what Aidan has tipped for, for day one, day two. Happy to have a chat and look back at them as well. Aidan, thanks for your time here this evening. Thanks, Liam. And we'll be back again next week. See you then. And away they go. Wicklow Brave, he's tanking along for Paul Town in the coming there very strongly now. And Wicklow Brave sweep past the whole field in the county.